0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at theocmovement. This series is probably fundamentally one of the biggest series that you and I need to be listening to. Uh, we're unpacking biblical principles for our finances. Some of you are like, crap, I bought a visitor on this Sunday, and now you're thinking, did he just say, crap, this is not good? What in the world? And now you're not even laughing, so it's just awkward. (laughs) But we want to unpack this, because do you know that most marriages end because of stress related to finances? Uh, do you know that most of the arguments that you have, most of the challenges that you face are centered around finances? I don't even have to say that. You just know. Uh, and, and the crazy thing is God actually has a principle for how we can handle our finances, and he's got a plan for us. And when we follow that, it actually unlocks a blessing. And the challenges in the church, there, this has been misconstrued before. And there have been people in the church who have done inappropriate things with finances. And so when we talk about money in church, people go, ooh. But that doesn't negate the fact that God still has a principle and a plan for our finances. It's crazy. And so I actually want to unpack something. Last week, my wife unpacked a message that titled, Am I Generous? And today, the title of the sermon is a test or pop quiz or what test. And, and I want to unpack this for you today, but before I do that, I, I got to tell you two things. Number one, uh, we are all about authentic relationships and community in this church. Uh, in fact, if you've been here long enough to know, we, we want to, we're going to be as real as we possibly can on a continual basis. And one of the ways that we do that is through small groups. We call them connect groups. And this summer, we have a brand new Connect Group semester starting uh, the week after Jul- or the week of July 4th, and you do not want to miss this. Uh, it's called Wonder Life, and the entire church is going to go through the same curriculum. We're going to be teaching messages based on this curriculum, and it's going to blow your mind. So two things. Number one, make sure you get... Uh, be watching because we'll have information coming out about this in a few weeks. Sign up for a connect group. And some of you need to lead a connect group. And we've removed all the obstacles. All the curriculum is right there. It's in a book format. Uh, Some of it's DVD or teaching uh, via video. And so it's just build around discussion. And it's going to be a game changer. So make sure you're a part of this. But some of you need to lead that. And you can actually text the word lead to our phone number and that will give you the information that you need. So check that out and be a part of it because I don't want anyone to miss this. Can we do that today? Can everybody say amen? Awesome, for the three of you that did not, we're praying for you, but uh, anyways, we're going to dive into this series, and uh, and I just, I wanted to share one thing I don't actually normally share too often, and that is that uh, in the beginning of the movement church, we're three and a half years old right now, we're approaching our four year anniversary, actually a little more than three and a half, that's exciting, thank you Megan, Uh, but we started from scratch, so there was no previous movement church here. We came in and God rallied a team, and we sent out some mailers and started inviting everybody. We kind of sound like a used car salesman and a multi-level marketer mixed into one. Come to my church. Where is it? It doesn't exist yet. (laughs) Yeah. And the crazy thing is, people came, and uh, now we're you're part of the first service. We have two services, and God has been so faithful. But in the beginning years, things were crazy, and we fight very, very tight financially, very tight. But we made a decision early on that as a church, we were going to tithe. So 10%, every dollar that came in, we set aside the first dime to go out. And there were countless times where we sent checks out to other churches and other organizations locally and globally, and we did not have enough money in the account to pay the bills. And we were uh, like, okay God, you gotta do something. And every time he did, every time. And I share that with you because I'm gonna talk about tithing today. But not because it's something that I wanna manipulate you or coerce you into doing, but because there's a principle attached to this and a blessing that's attached to this. And if you and I miss this, we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives. And you right here, you're a part of something Because a church was faithful to do what I'm about to teach you about right now. I've never shared that before, but I was meeting with our trustees. We have three businessmen in this church that help us make decisions with our finances. and They're on our board and they said, Pastor Craig, you need to share that that's what we've done, and ever since then, we have, from the very beginning as a church, the first 10% that comes in the door, we set it at the top of our spreadsheet, we set aside a tithe, and we send 10%. Actually, we do about 14% to missions on a regular basis, because we just said, you know what? This is a principle, not just for me as my house, but for us as a church. And I wanna talk to you about that today. So if you came and you feel fidgety, or if you're a visitor, man, it's the best time to come to church. If it's your first service with us, this is the best Sunday to be here. Because this is the most difficult topic to talk about, and we're just going to jump right in. Can I get a what-what for that? Yeah, now you get excited. Not amen, but what-what. Okay, I'll remember that one. Let's pray, we'll dive in. God, we thank you that you're here in this place. We thank you that none of us are here by accident, but you actually have a design and you wanna speak things to each of us. All of us in this room have areas or room for growth. All of us in this room have uh, places where we can strengthen our walk with you. And today, God, we just wanna open our heart to you and our lives to you and our minds to you and you do and speak in and to and through us whatever it is you wanna say. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen and amen. Well, listen, I don't know if you know this, but you and I are actually put to a test on a consistent basis. I just want a show of hands real quickly. I want everyone to participate with me. How many of you in this room get a a paycheck um, every month from an employer? Would you just raise your hand? Everyone in here? Okay, once a month. Once a month, okay? How many of you are more like uh, maybe me and you get it every other week, every two weeks, like the first and... Uh, 15th, or yes, everybody's saying praise the Lord, yes, awesome. How many of you get it paid every week? Raise your hand, raise your hand, awesome. How many of you never get paid? And we're, oh, okay, all right, good, no, okay, yeah. <laughs> I see some, some women in there like, yeah, my husband takes care of that, so good. But listen, every time that you and I get a paycheck, we're put to the test, every time, whether it's once a week, every two weeks, or once a month, we're put to the test. Wow. Every time we get a paycheck, and that test is this, who will I honor or show gratitude for the increase or the income that I just received? Every time we get a paycheck, we are put to a test. Who will I honor and show gratitude for the income or the increase that I just received? For many of us, it might be a mortgage payment. For many of us, it might be a car payment or a visa payment. For some of you, it might be Nordstrom payment. We're (laughs) praying for you right now. We're put to the test on a daily, on a weekly, monthly basis of whom am I going to thank for this increase. And I wanna just challenge you today in the area of tithing. I wanna talk to you about what that is. It's a word that we use on a consistent basis in church. And you and I need to know and understand the principles that go with this. Can we do that today, is that all right? I'm gonna to read to you from a scripture, it's Malachi chapter three. If you have it, you can click through it on your phone. If you don't have your Bible with you, it'll be on the screen so you can follow along. But listen to what this scripture says, are you ready? It says this, for I am the Lord and I do not change. I just wanna pause right there for a moment. For I am the Lord and I do not change. This is God speaking to you and to me today. This is his word for us. And he's just reminding us that he doesn't change change. In an, ec- in an economy that changes on a continual basis, in a nation where things change on a continual basis, in life where things change on a continual basis, it's good to know that God never changes. Can I get a what what this morning? Man, that works really well. He never changes. Listen, he goes on and says this, therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your father you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. You have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts." Now any time in scripture, leave that up right there, where it says, says the Lord of hosts, he's communicating to us who is speaking here. Does that make sense? I mean, this, is just, this just makes natural common sense. So, God never changes, and this is God speaking to you and to me. This isn't a preacher that's making this up. This isn't manipulative or coerce or bending the scripture. This is God saying, hey, I don't change, and I want you to return to me because you've gotten away from my ordinances. And BTW, it's me God speaking. It's just me, I wanted to let you know that. He goes on and he says, but you said, in what way shall we return? Now listen, this is God speaking, not me. Verse eight, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Now let me just ask you a question. Can you, if, if it was possible, would you rob from God? If you had the opportunity, would you steal something from God? And I, can, I hope I can answer for you by saying, no, you would not do it. If not, ladies, hide your purses, hide your kids. You don't know who you're sitting next to. But listen, I think I can speak for everybody today when I say if you're given the opportunity to steal from God, you're going to say, no, I would never do that. I would never do that. That sounds ridiculous. But listen to what he says. He says, you have robbed for me. He goes on, he says, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? Look at this. In tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation look bring all the tithes into the storehouse can we just clear the air for a minute i feel awkward tension in this moment can we all breathe can we just do that Look, we're gonna unpack the scriptures on this. I'm going to teach, listen, we do not commit adultery. I'm going to teach, do not steal. We're going to teach your kids, honor your father and your mother. We're not gonna pick and choose which things we're going to teach about. I promise you need to know this. We will always bring the truth of God's word from this pulpit every Sunday. So let's just breathe, let the tension go. Let's talk about this, and let's let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Can we do that today? Can I get a what what in this house? He says, look, you've robbed me in your tithes and your offering. God's speaking to us right here, and he's saying there's something very important about tithes and offering. He says, you are accursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then he goes into verse 10, he says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and that word storehouse literally means the local church. This is the church, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He goes on and he says this, that there may be food in my house. Bring the tithes and offering to the local church that there might be food, in other words, spiritual nourishment in the house of God. Look at this, we talk about this on a weekly basis, and try me now in this. So now God is saying you can actually test me. Now test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So he's saying now I'm gonna bless you in such a way you cannot even contain it. And he's saying I'm going to rebuke the devourer, which means I'm going to fight your battles for you. That's pretty awesome, and that's worth a what-what right there. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. And look what he says. Says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. He says that three or four times in this one passage of Scripture. I don't change. This is me, God, talking to you. And if we miss this, you're actually robbing from me. That's what he's saying, Test through the scripture. No, no twisting. I didn't write this, God wrote this. He said, You've gone away from my ordinances. You know what ordinance means? Principles of ordinary behavior. He's saying, Listen, this is a principle for ordinary behavior of someone who is a Christ follower. This is a principle that should be ordinary, normal in our lives, and the scripture says that when we get away from the principle of tithes and offerings, we are actually robbing from God. And not only that, he says, look, when you do not bring the tithes to the storehouse, all the tithes, you're actually under a curse. So when you tithe, there's a blessing, and when you don't tithe, there's a curse. And a curse means consequence, that's what that word means. Now some of you might think, well wait a minute, there's a curse, I thought Jesus took the curse of sin and death when he died on the cross. Yes, he did, he took the shame and the curse of sin and death, but that does not mean that we get to live however we want to live. Look, you get that principle. No one would ever walk down the aisle and say I do to someone and then expect them to live contrary to the vows that they made. No way! Well, sure, technically, I'm married. But I don't get to just live however I want to live. I didn't just say yes to Megan. I said no to everyone else. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? And so, this passage of scripture is saying hey, this is an ordinary principle of life for you and for me. And when you tithe, there is a blessing. And when you don't, there is a curse. There are consequences. There are consequences for that. There are consequences. I think we get that principle that we can't just live how we want to live, and, and some of you might say, well this is Old Testament, well, you know what else is in the Old Testament? Thou shalt not kill. I feel like that's a good principle to live by, don't you? I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know what you feel. Thou shalt not commit adultery. My wife definitely thinks that's a good principle. I'm alive because of that one, yeah. Yeah, does that make sense, does that register? I'd be dead. You wouldn't. If I'm dead, it you, you might be what the deal is. Let's move on. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal. I think that's a great principle, and that's <laughs> in the Old Testament. Crazy. God doesn't change from Old Testament to New Testament. He just doesn't. And so sometimes we make excuses about this thing. And I I actually think, why would we do that? If the scripture's saying, hey, there's a principle of ordinary living and attached to this is a blessing, why would we not want that? Why? Why? So So there's three things. I just want to talk to you, three things. Man, we could talk for months. In fact, there's a great book that you should read. If you are not still convinced that this is something God wants for you, I have a great book. I'll buy it for you. It's called The Blessed Life. We're pulling teachings from this, an amazing, in fact, next week, he's gonna be in the house, Pastor Robert Morris, blowing your face up. You don't even know how amazing it's gonna be. And listen, I'm just telling you, if if you're still not convinced, I'll buy the book for you, and it will change your life. Not because I want something from you, I want something for you. I do. I wanna talk to you about three things that you need to know about tithing, three things that you need to know about tithing. I could talk about 58 things, but for the sake of time today, in 16 minutes and 49, Seconds, three things you need to know about tithing. Number one, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Tithe just means a tenth. It's just Hebrew for a tenth. That's all that means. It's not anything fancy. So if you have $100, a tenth would be $10. Yeah, if you have $10, a tenth would be? Man, you guys got this down. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly why they chose a tenth, but I, there's some things I think we can pull from this. Number one, if we do a tenth, it's the same across the board. So whether you make 300000 30000 or $300, a tenth is still the same. Yeah. It is. And if you make 300000 a tenth of that hurts just as much as if you make 30000 okay? It's the same, but it's a test. But also what's, what's synonymous with the number ten is testing all throughout Scripture. All throughout scripture, we see this, this synonymous uh, of testing with the number 10. Let me just kind of, I want, I want some crowd participation. Let's do a little icebreaker. Can I get a what, what this morning? Oh, we're so good. A little crowd participation. I'm going to ask a question, and you together as a crowd are going to answer. We can do this. I believe in you. Introverts, it's okay. Muster some courage. Extroverts, you've been getting ready to talk all day. This so is going to be great for you. Real quickly, just kind of a test. How many plagues affected Egypt back with the, with the Hebrew states? How many plagues? Man, you guys are so good. You guys are good, right? Because you watched The Prince of Egypt, and that movie helped you with that. Another way you could say that would be that God tested Pharaoh's heart ten times. So how many plagues were there? How many commandments are there? Ten times we're tested to be faithful with our lifestyles. Isn't that crazy? How many commandments? Now, you may not know the answer to this, but I think that you'll understand that there's also a theme to what I'm asking you. So I think you can catch on. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Great answer. (laughs) And you didn't even know. How many, I know again, you may not know the answers, but just I I feel y'all got this thing down. How many times was Jacob's wages changed? Great answer. We got some biblical scholars out there. How many days was Daniel tested? How many days of testing are in the book of Revelation? How many disciples were there? No, 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 that's a chick. Tri- there's 12. <laughs> got him. Em, got em. There, This number 10 is synonymous with testing. And tithing is a test. Listen, it requires faith to believe that God can do more with 90% than I can do with 100%. It is a test. Every time you receive a paycheck, you are put to the test. Who will I honor with my increase? with my income. It's a test of faith. If you're ever at a place like we have been as a family, my wife and I, and like we are as a a church in the beginning days where it actually, it it hurts to tithe because you're thinking there ain't nothing else in that account, God. You're gonna have to do something. You're put to the test. It takes a test of faith. And I'll never forget, we literally were I know it's going to sound crazy, but we were a brand new church. People were trying to figure out if we were weird or not. And the verdict is still out. They're not sure if they want to invest here or go to another church down the street. And and literally, I will never forget, we were about $6,000 short for the month. That's a big number, my friends. And we got a check in the mail for $6,800 from somebody we didn't know. We had to Google stalk this dude typed in his name, found out that he lived in North Carolina, had never been to this church, but his son was stationed at Camp Pendleton, came with a friend, got saved, told his dad, and his dad sent a check, and you know what? Listen, first of all, that's freaking awesome. Second of all, he had no clue what we were dealing with. That's the faithfulness of God, and tithing is a test. It's a test. Not only is it a test of us, it's the only place in scripture where God says, test me, sucker." Uh, that's a paraphrase. I don't know that that's We'll look it up in a minute. Number two, listen, this one's a hard one. It's a hard one. The tithe must be returned first. God is number one. He cannot be second. And a lot of times what we will do is we'll pay the rent or the mortgage, we'll pay insurance and the cell phone and the car payment and da 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 -da, and we go through the whole list, groceries, Amazon, because you know that one's sucking the life out of you. (laughs) And then, oh, I just, you know what? We're we're a little bit short, we'll just, we'll, we'll tip God today. The tithe must be first. Check this out, look at the scripture. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the, first fruits of, look at this, all your produce, all. So all of your income, a lot of people ask me, do I tithe off the gross or the net? And I say, what kind of blessing do you want? I mean, look at this right here. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I've seen some of your vats and they need to be bursting. No, that was a good one. I mean, I don't even know what a vat is. I wish I had a vat. It would be awesome. Hey, he gives us 100%, but we return 10% first. Listen, listen. When, when we bring it first, that is the greatest testament of faith. God, before I do anything else, I'm going to start by honoring you with my increase. And that takes some faith, but look at this. The scripture actually really breaks this down. There's a few things where, times where we see this, but look at this, Exodus chapter 23, 19 says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And I want you to notice just three things about this passage. Can you leave that scripture up for one second? The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Look at these three things to notice about this, this passage. Number one, it says the first of the first fruits. In case you were wondering which first fruits, the first of the first. In case you're like, maybe the second first fruits or the third, no, the first. So that means like the very first, the top, the primo, the best, the very big be- the first of the first fruits. God just wanted to remind us that He wants the first right the second thing that you need to notice is the word bring the word bring he says, bring into the house of the Lord. Listen, you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. Are you tracking with me? This is God said, this tithe is mine, bring it to the house. I've given you the ability to make increase. I've given you the gifts and the talents that you have. I've given you the ability to get the job that you have. It's not because you're awesome, even though all of you are. It's because God is awesome. I'm not God, he is awesome. I've given you that. Now I'm asking you to return the tithe to me it's mine I'm gonna bless the rest imagine if Jeremy's car broke down and I said dude why don't you borrow my car I throw him the keys he drives it for about two weeks and then comes back to me on a Sunday and he says Pastor Kerry Jessica and I are praying and we want to bless you we want to give you this car as a blessing so that you guys can have you can do you know what insurance is covered it's yours No, he didn't own it in the first place. He's returning to me. You actually need to give me my car back, Pastor Jeremy. That's a little hint for you. No, listen, you cannot give something that doesn't belong to you. He's saying, he's bring the tithe. It's God's anyways. It's his anyways, and it's a test for a heart. And he's saying, bring it first, the first of the first fruits. Look, And he says, the word bring is another one that I want you to recognize. Then the third thing is, where? Where do you bring it? You know, a lot of Christians do this. When we first started, we had a guy in the very first year, like, we, like literally right out the gate, we were like, hey, we'll do it. We're doing a bonfire. Come out and hang out with us at the bonfire. We'd like to get to know you. And, and literally, he's getting out of his car, walking up to me, he says, Pastor, I just want to let you know, just so we can get this out of the way. Uh, my wife and I tithe to a mission field in Africa, just so you know, we aren't going to tithe here. I'm like, sweet. That's not a tithe. Yeah, that's, true. that's an offering. Where does the tithe go? The storehouse, the church, the church. And a lot of times we try to allocate, well, I'm going to give 5% here and 7%. You can get mad at me. I didn't write the scripture. And hey, listen, can I just free some, clear the air? If you don't feel like you want to invest in the movement church, find one you want to invest in. Listen, these are biblical, ordinary principles for life. We don't say, I'm going to give 7% to the church and 2% to Children's Cup and then 3% to the giving keys because I like their necklaces and they help the homeless and this is all good. No, they don't allocate or designate where the tithe goes. Jesus said, bring the tithe to the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Why? Because things happen in church that don't happen anywhere else. The blind see, the lame walk, and the dead live again. So you say, well, I've never been dead. Have you ever had the death of a dream? You ever experienced what feels like the death of a marriage? Do you know it's in church that God restores marriages? Things happen here that don't happen anywhere else. I'm not talking about the movement church. I'm talking about his church. I got a track on me this morning. It says, bring it to the storehouse. This is God's house, and he wants to do something amazing through it. Listen, when the children of Israel, if you, if you don't know the story, man, I, I, maybe I'm packing for you over coffee another time, but when the children of Israel were delivered from slavery from the land of Egypt, they go finally get to the promised land 40 years later, and God says, I've given you this land, but here's what I want you to do. That first city, Jericho, I want all the spoils of that land. You don't keep it, the rest of the land is yours. Every city, the land flowing with milk and honey, the grapes the size of basketballs, it's yours. But I want Jericho. It's mine. It's the first fruits. And the scripture says that they went in, and remember you may, may have watched VeggieTales and they marched around the wall. <laughs> and they threw Slurpees down at the children of Israel, right, that's just the VeggieTales version. They blew the trumpets and shout, wow. And the Bible says the walls come down. God does this awesome miracle. They go in, they get all the spoils, and they give it to the Lord. Yeah. Then they go to the next city called I or Ai, depending on, you know, where you're from. Tiny little town. Tiny, like Lake Elsinore, tiny. <laughs> Probably like Lake Elsinore as well. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, let's just send a few thousand men to this one. They send a few thousand men. We got this. We, we, God helped us to get Jericho, go to the next town, and try to ransack it again. But guess what? They got chased down, 10,000 men died, Joshua the commander, is like freaking out, are you kidding me? And God said, you stole from me. And one man named Achan found a few bars of silver and some cool necklaces, brought them back to his house and hid them under a rug. 10,000 men lost their life because when we steal from God there is a curse. crazy in Joshua chapter 6 God says you consecrate that to me in Joshua 7 God says you stole from me it's mine bring it first the tithe must be first it must be first you ever read the scripture about Cain and Abel and wondered why maybe maybe you don't know the story but wonder why God received Abel's offering but not Cain's Listen, look at this passage, we're running out of time, and in fact, Jeremy, do want you to come on up. Genesis chapter 4, 3 through 5 says this, and check this out. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought, what? Of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his. You ever wondered why that was? Because Cain didn't bring God the first. It said in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of his labor. God can't be second. He doesn't want to be second in your life or mine. He wants to be first. There's a blessing that follows that, and look at me. Listen, the reason it's awkward on topics like this is because your heart is attached to your wallet. The scripture says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you wanna know if God is first? Man, look at the tithe in your life. It's a test, but make it first because it'll change your life. Look, can I just tell you something? I am not saying this. God has been faithful to the movement church and I believe it's because we chose to give even when we couldn't afford to. But we found you can't afford not to tithe. And we're at a healthy place, so look at me. Our church, you, the movement church is a generous church and the people who call this place home are a generous people. And we're in a healthy financial place. So this is not because I want something from you. I sincerely want something for you. You can't change God's principles because it doesn't line up with what your pocketbook thinks should happen, because you don't know if it's really for you or not. It's a test, and it must be first. And here's the the last thing, is that a tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing. There's a passage of Scripture, and for the sake of time today, I'm not going to read through it. It's found in 2 Chronicles, but... The king, Hezekiah, found out that, man, things weren't breaking down. There was recession in the city, kind of like what we've experienced over the past few years. And, and he's like, what's the deal? So he returns to the scripture, and he finds out that the people, none of them, none of them were tithing. So he gets up, and he reads, and he proclaims that we're to bring the tithe to the storehouse, to the house of God. We've gotta change this and the Bible says the people heard and responded and started bringing the tithe to the storehouse and after a few months, the king went into the temple and he saw these mounds of treasures and like they would, in those days, tithe with like spices as well and and also with with currency and and even sometimes livestock and and he walked to the temple and he's like, oh my goodness, look at this, this is insane and he starts asking the priests, are the people okay? This is so much, They're, they've responded so much. Are the people eating? Are they taking care of their families? And the priest was like, King, this is just 10%. If you think this is insane, you should see the 90%. Wow. When the people started tithing, it broke the recession. Do you know that 90% of the financial woes would, in this nation would be changed if 100% of Christ's followers began to tithe? We wouldn't need a welfare system. We wouldn't We wouldn't need social security. We wouldn't need it. Why? Because the church would be the answer. That's so cra- is that a crazy notion? That the church could be the hope of the world? It's insane, isn't it? I just blew some of your minds right there. Imagine if the church is where you would go when you were hard up for some, some financial, ch- when everything in your world was going crazy and the church, oh man, we got you. It's nuts. There's a blessing attached. So not only in the scripture did God bless the house of God, but because they began to tithe, he blessed them. I want to read a story from some great people in our church, and I I got permission from them to to actually share this with you today. And uh, They came up to my wife last week after the sermon and just shared this with her. And In fact, I think they have their, their picture. This is Matt and Allison Rogers, and oh, look at that beautiful baby who is dedicated. Amelia. I just want to hold her. <laughs> I want another baby, but my wife said no. Would you all pray for her? Listen to this story. I'm, I'm, gonna read, I'm reading this from what they wrote. Matt and I first tied the full 10% on September 1st, 2015. I like how they know when. Because you know, you know where your money's going. The, first 10%, the full 10% on September 1st, 2015. It was something we originally tried to, in quotes, work up to, but in a message you told us to give it 90 days, so we decided to trust God and jump right in. It took some getting used to. We were already living paycheck to paycheck, and now we were giving God a large portion of our money. She wrote numbers, but I figured for their sake I would remove that, of our, I like it, she wrote in quotations, of our money. Things were working out okay, we weren't making any more money, but somehow we felt comfortable. Then spring semester of 2016, I had to do an unpaid internship for school. It was rough being gone an extra 10 to 12 hours a week on top of my classes. Plus now we're paying extra for childcare even though my salary wasn't increasing. Not once did we think about reducing our tithe to bridge the gap. She says this, okay, I thought about it multiple times actually but Matt would never let that happen. I like your honesty. We powered through and trusted that God would make our gas last throughout the weekend. Meanwhile, things at my internship were going well. So well, in fact, that on April 13th, 2016, I was offered a full-time job with the company upon graduation in May. We were so excited, not only was this going to reduce our financial burden, but some of the job could be done from home. No more paying for childcare. No more missing my baby girl while I'm at work. It wasn't until May 1st that I got my official offer letter and realized how, thank- how faithful our God is. Right out of college, I'm going to make 50,000 a year. I still can't wrap my head around this, how this is possible. What I've learned is that it was never our money. God is always in control and I'm so eager to increase our tithe accordingly and see all that he does with it. In fact, I like this. I received my first paycheck on Friday so you should see that in push pay. <laughs> what a powerful testimony. What an amazing income. And she gets, do you hear that blessing? She gets to be with her kid. Tithe, Blessing. Don't tithe, the curse. It's always a blessing. So What are you waiting for? It doesn't say 7%. It says 10%. We say it all the time. You Give it 90 days. And if you don't see the faithfulness of God, you take it up with him. You don't have to tithe ever again. It's up to you and God. In fact, this, you cannot tithe, and it doesn't mean you're rebellious and you're not going to go to heaven. It's a principle of the heart an ordinary principle. I'm gonna leave you with one last illustration. Um, Pastor Scott, Pastor Bree, and Pastor Katie, would y'all just stand up right behind this bar right here and face me real quickly, hurry, hurry, hurry. Okay, so you guys know, would y'all give some of our amazing pastoral team a hand? So Pastor Scott, Pastor Bree, Pastor Katie. So imagine if I was to, um, sorry, Girlie, I don't need you, but you are awesome, let's give Girlie a hand clap. (laughs) So imagine if I'm going out of town, and I, I'm going to be gone for a few months on business, and I, I, I'm making sure that Megan is taken care of, but I, I look at all three of these individuals, and I say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you guys $10,000 a month. And uh, Bree's getting stoked right now. And uh, I'm going to give you $10,000 a month, and what I'm asking is that you'll take $1,000, and you'll take care and send that to my wife. I mean, I've got the rents covered, mortgage covered, car, all that's covered, but if you would take of that $10,000 and just give her a $1,000 a month, and I'm gone on business for a couple months. I'm talking to Megan every day, and how, you know, how's life, da da, da and all of a sudden, it dawns on me. I say, hey, are those guys and gals, are they sending you that money? She would say, you know what? Actually, yes, Pastor Scott, uh, he's great. Every first of the month, he sends me $1,000. first of the month, every time, every month, sends me $1,000. Awesome. Okay, what about Pastor Bree? Pastor Bree sends me $2,000 a month. What? Sends you two? Yeah, I don't know why, but she just does. She sends me a month. What about Katie? Well, I need to talk about Katie. (laughs) First month, she sent me $700. The second month, she sent me $400. And this past month, she she didn't send me anything. Nothing? Yeah. She didn't send me anything. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to have some words with Katie. I'm a little scared of her, so it's going to be very quiet words. (laughs) Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to send Katie any more money. Heck no. She's not taking care of my wife. You know what I am going to do? I'm going to take that 10000 and I'm going to give about 7000 to Bree because she's sending 2000 to my wife and I just, I'm going to give an extra 3000 to Pastor Scott. She's not taking care of my wife. You guys can sit down. You know what's interesting? Do you know what the Bible refers to the church as? The Bride of Christ. And many of us are entrusted with increase on a weekly or monthly basis. And we withhold from God what he's asked us to bring. 10%. And offerings is just above that. That's just saying, God, what else do you want me to do? There's a blessing attached to it, not just for you, but for the house of God. Have you ever come to church and felt God do something radical in your life? Have you ever left thinking, man, I'm so glad my children are plugged into it, great children? Have you ever been to a connect group at the Movement Church and thought, man, these are my people? That's the church blessing your life. That's food in the house for you. God does something on both sides of the blessing for you and for the church. Why would we withhold from God Anything in reference to that? Why wouldn't we be faithful? Why would we be stingy with that? It's the ordinary principles, and God's just saying, give it a shot. Test me in this. Watch what I'll do in your life. Let me just tell you this real quickly. At the Movement Church, we will never ask you to give money. We will always ask you to talk to God and be obedient to him. But if you're not tithing, my challenge to you is start today. Try it. That's biblical. You can try it. And see what God does. I think he'll be true to his word because he doesn't change. And that he'll open the windows of heaven like we read about Matt and Allison. I think God will do the same thing for you. Amen? Can we just pray? God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you that you're here, and we thank you that you're moving in our lives, but God, we don't want to miss this opportunity. We don't want to rush by it, because I know for many of us, this is challenging. And we know it's a test. We know that it, 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 it can hurt a little bit in the beginning, but God, I just pray that you'll move in our lives and speak to us like only you can, and, and God, our only objective is to simply be obedient as you speak. So, God, I thank you that you're unlocking something new, that even businesses are going to turn around because people begin to apply the principle of tithing by returning it to your storehouse. There's going to be financial breakthrough in people's homes, in Jesus' name. For increase, in Jesus' name. So, God, we thank you for what you're doing now, in Jesus' name I pray. Would you all just look at me for one minute? I, I know it's kind of an odd transition, but... We we will never do a service on a Sunday morning without giving people a chance to say yes to Jesus. This is not just a, a religion or tradition for us. This is people who say, hey, no, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. God's doing something real in my life. But there always is a starting point. It never is through osmosis. And that starting point is simply by saying yes to Jesus. And you might feel a separation or feel like there's a disconnect between you and God. And you know what? The Bible talks about that that gap. It calls it a sin gap and says that everybody has sin in our life. All of us do. And it actually does separate us from who God is. But God paid and gave a radical solution in Jesus Christ who came to earth and lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death, paying the consequence and the ransom for your sin and mine closing the gap between us and God, and giving us a starting point with Him. And if you're here today and you've never begun that journey with Him, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And very quietly in your own seat, no embarrassment, I wanna challenge you just to pray that prayer with me. Would you bow your heads one more time? Eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you're here today and you've never started this journey, would you just repeat this after me, just in your own heart, just say, Dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. You've given me purpose. God, I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay that price for me. Just make this statement in your own. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today,